This is Chapter 51 of Following the Equator. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Following the Equator by Mark Twain. Chapter 51 Benares, a Religious Temple. A Guide for Pilgrims to Save Time in Securing Salvation. Let me make the superstitions of a nation, and I care not who makes its laws, or its songs either. Puddenhead Wilson's New Calendar. Yes, the city of Benares is, in effect, just a big church, a religious hive whose every cell is a temple, a shrine or a mosque, and whose every conceivable earthly and heavenly good is procurable under one roof, so to speak, a sort of army and navy stores, theologically stocked. I will make out a little itinerary for the pilgrim. Then you will see how handy the system is, how convenient, how comprehensive. If you go to Benares with a serious desire to spiritually benefit yourself, you will find it valuable. I got some of the facts from conversations with the Reverend Mr. Parker and the others from his guide to Benares. They are, therefore, trustworthy. 1. Purification. At sunrise you must go down to the Ganges and bathe, pray, and drink some of the water. This is for your general purification. 2. Protection against hunger. Next, you must fortify yourself against the sorrowful, earthly ill just named. This you will do by worshipping for a moment in the cow temple. By the door of it you will find an image of Ganesh, son of Shiva. It has the head of an elephant on a human body. Its face and hands are of silver. You will worship it a little, and pass on into a covered veranda, where you will find devotees reciting from the sacred books with the help of instructors. In this place are groups of rude and dismal idols. You may contribute something for their support, then pass into the temple, a grim and stenchy place, for it is populous with sacred cows and with beggars. You will give something to the beggars, and reverently kiss the tails of such cows as pass along, for these cows are peculiarly holy, and this act of worship will secure you from hunger for the day. 3. The Poor Man's Friend you will next worship this god. He is at the bottom of a stone cistern in the temple of Dalbayswar, under the shade of a noble peepul-tree, on the bluff overlooking the Ganges, so you must go back to the river. The poor man's friend is the god of material prosperity in general, and the god of the rain in particular. You will secure material prosperity, or both, by worshipping him. He is Shiva, under a new alias, and he abides in the bottom of that cistern in the form of a stone lingam. You pour Ganges water over him, and in return for this homage you get the promised benefits. If there is any delay about the rain, you must pour water in until the cistern is full. The rain will then be sure to come. 4. Fever At the Kedar Ghat you will find a long flight of stone steps leading down to the river. Halfway down is a tank filled with sewage. Drink as much of it as you want. It is for fever. 5. Smallpox. Go straight from there to the central ghat. At its upstream end you will find a small whitewashed building, which is a temple sacred to Sitala, goddess of smallpox. Her understudy is there, a rude human figure behind a brass screen. You will worship this for reasons to be furnished presently. 6. The Well of Fate. For certain reasons you will next go and do homage at this well. You will find it in the Dantpan temple in the city. The sunlight falls into it from a square hole in the masonry above. 
you will approach it with awe, for your life is now at stake. You will bend over and look. If the fates are propitious, you will see your face pictured in the water far down in the well. If matters have been otherwise ordered, a sudden cloud will mask the sun, and you will see nothing. This means that you have not six months to live. If you are already at the point of death, your circumstances are now serious. There is no time to lose. Let this world go, arrange for the next one. Handily situated at your very elbow is opportunity for this. You turn and worship the image of Mahakal. The great fate and happiness in the life to come is secured. If there is breath in your body yet, you should now make an effort to get a further lease of the present life. You have a chance. There is a chance for everything in this admirably stocked and wonderfully systemized spiritual and temporal army and navy store. You must get yourself carried to the seven well of long life. This is within the precincts of the moldering and venerable Britkal temple, which is one of the oldest in Benares. You pass in by a stone image of the monkey god, Hanuman, and there, among the ruined courtyards, you will find a shallow pool of stagnant sewage. It smells like the best Limburger cheese, and is filthy with the washings of rotting lepers, but that is nothing. Bathe in it. Bathe in it gratefully and worshipfully, for this is the fountain of youth. These are the waters of long life. Your gray hairs will disappear, and with them your wrinkles and your rheumatism, the burdens of care and the weariness of age, and you will come out young, fresh, elastic, and full of eagerness for the new race of life. Now will come flooding upon you the manifold desires that haunt the dear dreams of the morning of life. You will go whither you will find eight, fulfillment of desire, to wit, to the Kamishwar temple sacred to Shiva as the lord of desires. Arrange for yours there, and if you like to look at idols among the pack and jam of temples, there you will find enough to stock a museum. You will begin to commit sins now with a fresh new vivacity. Therefore it will be well to go frequently to a place where you can get nine temporary cleansing from sin. To wit, to the well of the earring. You must approach this with the profoundest reverence, for it is unutterably sacred. It is, indeed, the most sacred place in Benares, the very holy of holies in the estimation of the people. It is a railed tank with stone stairways leading down to the water. The water is not clean. Of course, it could not be, for people are always bathing in it. As long as you choose to stand and look, you will see the files of sinners descending and ascending, descending soiled with sin, ascending purged from it. The liar, the thief, the murderer, and the adulterer may here wash and be clean, says the Reverend Mr. Parker in his book. Very well. I know Mr. Parker, and I believe it. But if anybody else had said it, I should consider him a person who had better go down in the tank and take another wash. The god Vishnu dug this tank. He had nothing to dig with but his discus. I do not know what a discus is, but I know it is a poor thing to dig tanks with, because by the time this one was finished it was full of sweat, Vishnu's sweat. He constructed the site that Benares stands on, and afterward built the globe around it, and thought nothing of it, yet sweated like that over a little thing like this tank. One of these statements is doubtful. I do not know which one it is, but I think it difficult not to believe that a god who could build a world around Benares 
would not be intelligent enough to build it around the tank, too, and not have to dig it. Youth, long life, temporary purification from sin, salvation through propitiation of the great fate, these are all good. But you must do something more. You must, 10. Make salvation sure. There are several ways. To get drowned in the Ganges is one, but that is not pleasant. To die within the limits of Benares is another, but that is a risky one, because you might be out of town when your time came. The best one of all is the pilgrimage around the city. You must walk. Also, you must go barefoot. The tramp is forty-four miles, for the road winds out into the country apiece, and you will be marching five or six days. But you will have plenty of company. You will move with throngs and hosts of happy pilgrims, whose radiant costumes will make the spectacle beautiful, and whose glad songs and holy pans of triumph will banish your fatigues and cheer your spirit, and at intervals there will be temples where you may sleep and be refreshed with food. The pilgrimage completed, you have purchased salvation and paid for it. But you may not get it unless you, eleven, get your redemption recorded. You can get this done at the Saki Binayak Temple, and it is best to do it, for otherwise you might not be able to prove that you had made the pilgrimage in case the matter should some day come to be disputed. That temple is in a lane back of the cow temple. Over the door is a red image of Ganesh of the elephant head, son and heir of Shiva, and prince of Wales to the theological monarchy, so to speak. Within is a god whose office it is to record your pilgrimage and be responsible for you. You will not see him, but you will see a Brahmin who will attend to the matter and take the money. If he should forget to collect the money, you can remind him. He knows that your salvation is now secure, but, of course, you would like to know it yourself. You have nothing to do but go and pray, and pay, at the twelve, well of the knowledge of salvation." It is close to the Golden Temple. There you will see, sculptured out of a single piece of black marble, a bull which is much larger than any living bull you have ever seen, and yet is not a good likeness after all. And there also you will see a very uncommon thing, an image of Shiva. You have seen his lingam fifty thousand times already, but this is Shiva himself, and said to be a good likeness. It has three eyes. He is the only god in the firm that has three. The well is covered by a fine canopy of stone supported by forty pillars, and around it you will find what you have already seen at almost every shrine you have visited in Benares, a mob of devout and eager pilgrims. The sacred water is being ladled out to them. With it comes to them the knowledge, clear, thrilling, absolute, that they are saved and you can see by their faces that there is one happiness in this world which is supreme, and to which no other joy is comparable. You receive your water, you make your deposit, and now what more would you have? Gold? Diamonds? Power? Fame? All in a single moment these things have withered to dirt, dust, ashes. The world has nothing to give you now. For you it is bankrupt." I do not claim that the pilgrims do their acts of worship in the order and sequence above charted out in this itinerary of mine, but I think logic suggests that they ought to do so. Instead of a helter-skelter worship, 
we then have a definite starting-place and a march which carries the pilgrim steadily forward by reasoned and logical progression to a definite goal thus his ganges bath in the early morning gives him an appetite he kisses the cow-tails and that removes it it is now business hours and longings for material prosperity rise in his mind and he goes and pours water over shiva's symbol this ensures the prosperity but also brings on a rain which gives him a fever then he drinks the sewage at the kedargat to cure the fever it cures the fever but gives him the smallpox he wishes to know how it is going to turn out he goes to the dunpan temple and looks down the well a clouded sun shows him that death is near logically his best course for the present since he cannot tell at what moment he may die is to secure a happy hereafter this he does through the agency of the great fate he is safe now for heaven his next move will naturally be to keep out of it as long as he can therefore he goes to the bridkal temple and secures youth and long life by bathing in a puddle of leper pus which would kill a microbe logically youth has re-equipped him for sin and with the disposition to commit it he will naturally go to the fane which is consecrated to the fulfillment of desires and make arrangements logically he will now go to the well of the earring from time to time to unload and freshen up for further band enjoyments but first and last and all the time he is human and therefore in his reflective intervals he will always be speculating in futures he will make the great pilgrimage around the city and so make his salvation absolutely sure he will also have record made of it so that it may remain absolutely sure and not be forgotten or repudiated in the confusion of the final settlement logically also he will wish to have satisfying and tranquilizing personal knowledge that that salvation is secure therefore he goes to the well of the knowledge of salvation adds that completing detail and then goes about his affairs serene and content serene and content for he is now royally endowed with an advantage which no religion in this world could give him but his own for henceforth he may commit as many million sins as he wants to and nothing can come of it thus the system properly and logically ordered is neat compact clearly defined and covers the whole ground i desire to recommend it to such as find the other systems too difficult exacting and irksome for the uses of this fretful brief life of ours however let me not deceive any one my itinerary lacks a detail i must put it in the truth is that after the pilgrim has faithfully followed the requirements of the itinerary through to the end and has secured his salvation and also the personal knowledge of that fact there is still an accident possible to him which can annul the whole thing if he should ever cross to the other side of the ganges and get caught out and die there he would at once come to life again in the form of an ass think of that after all this trouble and expense you see how capricious and uncertain salvation is there the hindu has a childish and unreasoning aversion to being turned into an ass it is hard to tell why one could properly expect an ass to have an aversion to being turned into a hindu one could understand that he could lose dignity by it also self-respect and nine-tenths of his intelligence but the hindu changed into an ass wouldn't lose anything unless you count his religion 
and he would gain much release from his slavery to two million gods and twenty million priests fakirs holy mendicants and other sacred bacilli he would escape the hindu hell he would also escape the hindu heaven these are advantages which the hindu ought to consider then he would go over and die on the other side benares is a religious vesuvius in its bowels the theological forces have been heaving and tossing rumbling thundering and quaking boiling and weltering and flaming and smoking for ages but a little group of missionaries have taken post at its base and they have hopes there are the baptist missionary society the church missionary society the london missionary society the wesleyan missionary society and the zenana bible and medical mission they have schools and the principal work seems to be among the children and no doubt that part of the work prospers best for grown people everywhere are always likely to cling to the religion they were brought up in End of chapter fifty one